At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network This is The Look Ed right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and we've got a tremendous three hours coming up for you as it is Greg Peterson holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight as you just wound up seeing Scott on the nightcap, so I am in for him, and we're going to be joined by a quartet of great guests as Jared Smith, he does a terrific job over there at PicksWise, takes a look at a wide variety of markets and does so very well. He's going to be joining me here in hour number one about 30 minutes from now, 10.30 p.m. Pacific, 1.30 a.m. Eastern. Then in hour number two, we're going to be joined by Anthony DeBundo. He does a great job over there at Action Network, taking a look at a wide variety of different things. Does a great job taking a look at all things college sports, along with baseball. We're going to be joined by he, along with Ryan Kramer of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So, going to have fun with those two gentlemen in hour number two. And then hour number three, Wes Reynolds, Mr. Do-It-All here at the network. He is the ultimate Swiss Army knife. He can talk to you about anything from something traditional like the NFL or if you want to dive into, like, 1980s wrestling, I was about to say WWE, but it wasn't known as WWE back in the 1980s. He's able to give you a little bit of everything. So that is going to be a tremendous chat in our number three as got a lot going down. We're going to have the Open Championship getting started up here relatively soon when it comes to golf. We've got Summer League that is starting up in regards to the NBA and whatever they're calling the California Classic. I think that it actually is the California Classic. I think I just wanted to bring up the name. That's going down there. We've got loads and loads of baseball. As we're going to have 28 of the 30 teams in Major League Baseball being in action on Wednesday. So we're going to be taking a look at a wide variety of things. And Wimbledon, it is getting hot and heavy out there across the pond. So going to try to hit all the bases tonight. And we start with the game of baseballs. We wound up seeing, in my opinion, the gentleman that should be getting a lot of consideration for MVP, but... As of right now, I have not found him on the odds board darn near anyone. That would be the man that wanted pitching for the Miami Marlins on Tuesday. Sandy Alcantara, another just absolutely ridiculous start for him. If you want him having the run line, the bullpen wanted letting you down just a little bit with the Miami Marlins, but 2-1. to one. Sandy Day winds up being a profitable one if you wind up taking the Marlins on the money line and another just flat-out ridiculous start from Sandy Alcantara. Winds up going eight scoreless innings now, nine straight starts in which he has went at least seven innings. And right now, the buzz about Sandy Alcantara has been the fact that he's currently the favorite to be able to win the Cy Young Award. Currently, I wound up seeing this at BetMGM just a few minutes ago in the wake of the start that we wound up seeing on Tuesday. 
I was seeing him at a plus 160 to be able to win that Cy Young Award. Everyone else at 6-1 or greater, and I do agree with it at this point. Now, obviously, health is a little bit of a factor in this, but why should we be stopping at National League Cy Young with him is my question. And my question is, why is nobody listing him for odds to be able to win the MVP? Now, obviously, health is going to be very paramount, and in my opinion, for him to be able to have candidacy to be able to win MVP, you're going to need the Miami Marlins to continue to be relatively solid and be able to maybe not even make the postseason, but be a threat to be able to make the postseason because of what we wanted seeing with the Marlins on Tuesday. That winds putting them a game below 500, which that winds up putting them in a little bit of contention in the National League picture to be able to make the postseason. But with Sandy Alcantara, he wound up entering into Tuesday having pitched 115 and a third innings. More than 10 innings, more than any other pitcher out there in the big leagues. And if we want to use the good old just taking a look at things in terms of what a player means to their respective teams, I think that the falloff that the Miami Marlins would experience if they don't wind up having Sandy Alcantara out there would be bigger than any other player that you pluck off of any other team. Now, the odds on favor to be able to win MVP in the National League coming into the year, that'd be Juan Soto. I think that we're all in agreement. Big fall off there, currently on the injured list, and the Washington Nationals, they were bad before he wound up getting hurt, and guess what? They are still really bad now that he wound up getting hurt, but let's take a look at some of the favorites. Like, you take Paul Goldschmidt off of the St. Louis Cardinals, for instance, yeah, that's going to be affecting them a little bit, but here's what Sandy Alcantara winds up doing. With all the innings that he winds up filling, we wind up experiencing this. Anyone that wind up taking the run line, you also wind up taking the Miami Marlins bullpen out of the equation, and that's important because entering into Tuesday's game, the Miami Marlins bullpen, a 422 ERA overall for the season. That is 21st out of the 30 MLB teams, and take a look at the National League in general. You do have a couple of really bad bullpens like the Chicago Cubs, the Cincinnati Reds, what have you, but aside from those National League Central teams, that is just one of the worst you're going to find out there in all the big leagues, and the Miami Marlins, they're not necessarily providing them a lot of run support either. This has been a team that has been dealing with an injury to Ore Soler. They've been having Jez Chisholm being in and out of the fold for them as well. And even the guys that you were expecting, like Jacob Stallings, to be relatively solid for the team, they have not necessarily been able to come to the forefront and been able to do a very good job at all. So I do think that there is a little bit of candidacy there. And I do think that when it comes to the futures market, it's always great to be able to just look around and try to be able to spot anything humanly possible because... I'm looking to try to find anyone that is willing to offer Sandy Alcantara odds to be able to win the MVP because, I mean, it's been a really historic year because we've seen a couple places wind up listing someone like a Corbin Burns, for example. I think that there was a book or two that wind up listing Aaron Nola. So it's not just that it's a case in which the books, they don't wind up listing any pitchers whatsoever, but it's just come from straight out of nowhere with Sandy Alcantara this year that it's going to be interesting to see what winds up happening because... I think now we've gotten to the point where books can no longer wind up not having them up there on the board or else they're not going to have the MVP winner actually be up there on the board. We all recall the biggest, I guess you call it, underdog that wound up winning the MVP a few years ago, and that'd be Christian Yelich. I know that there were many tickets of like 75 to 1. I think that he wound up getting up as high as 100 to 1 in some spots at places like the Westgate and what have you. So I think that you could wind up seeing a instance in which it could be one of those things where you need to bet in midseason, but and let's call it what it is. When Sadie Alcantara winds up getting listed, and I'm pretty sure that he will, 
it is not going to be at those prices that you were able to get Christian Yelich. But getting back to how far out of nowhere this wanted coming, it's a case in which it's more or less the actual success that the team is having in his starts. Because if you take a look at the last two seasons for Sandy Alcantara, he's just been a little bit of a victim of bad luck. Like in 2021, he wound up starting 33 games outside for the most out there in the National League, filled over 200 innings. So he was still the workhorse that he is this season. Problem is, team wound up going 9-15, and despite the fact that he had a 319 ERA. He's never necessarily been a flashy guy with a lot of strikeouts, and we're seeing that currently this year as well with Sandy Alcantara. A little bit over seven half strikeouts per nine innings. You wound up having tough punch outs of the LA Angels on Tuesday, but certainly a case in which it's not like he's going out there. He's not going to be Corbin Burns or the other guys that have been winning the National League Cy Young Award the last few seasons, but what he does a solid job of is just being able to provide length, and that is really the biggest thing. And I mean, if you're looking for a little bit more of a long shot in terms of the Cy Young Award. I don't think this guy is going to get any consideration for MVP, but I think that Tony Gonsolin is having a very good year as well. If you just take a look at those raw numbers, but certainly I do think that that's a case of what you're going to need to see a little bit more to be able to buy in. But I mean, this has been sort of building for Alcantara, in my opinion, over the last few seasons. Always been solid at being able to keep the ball in the yard. He's given up one home run or fewer on a per nine inning basis ever since he really wound up getting to the Miami Marlins actually began his career with the St. Louis Cardinals. So I do think that that is going to be something really interesting to keep an eye on because when it comes to the American League, it's at this point really a two-man race, so I could wind up seeing it getting a little bit more expanded. It's sort of a different strokes for different stroke for different folks sort of approach because you've right now got Aaron Judge, who is finding himself by far the favorite out there in the American League. And then at number two, you've got Shohei Otani. I do think that voter fatigue it is always something that winds up playing a big factor with regards to the MVP odds. And what I think is just always so fascinating to take a look at as well is just trying to dive into the minds of voters as well because you could wind up weighing a guy's numbers versus someone else's and you could be like, oh, I think that Aaron Judge deserves the MVP because he's got the most home runs on the team that has the best record. Meanwhile, with the Shoya Otani argument, you're always able to make that argument that there's no other player that winds up doing what he winds up doing, but we see it in so many different sports. There just winds up being a case in which if you wind up winning an award once, it becomes so much more difficult to be able to win it a second time, which I think winds up making what Nikolai Jokic wound up doing in the NBA just all the more historic. He really had to go on a scorched earth sort of approach with regards to his stats for the Denver Nuggets in the back half of the season to be able to get that MVP award. And I do have a fear that if you do wind up winning the MVP, it almost winds up getting held against you for a little bit of a lack of better term. But I do think that that is going to be a really intriguing race to take a look at as well. And I mean, with the New York Yankees, they wind up falling to the Pittsburgh Pirates on on Tuesday by a count of five to two themselves as right around about a minus 180-ish favorite. So you have to wonder if the Yankees wind up falling back to some form of earth where instead of being on a Torrey pace where they're going to be winning north of 115 games. If they instead wind up winning a modest 110, 108 wins, how does that wind up affecting things as well? So we've got a lot to take a look at when it comes to the MVP race. And as always, when it comes to just taking a look at odds themselves, when it comes to futures, you're always going to find a lot more variance rather than if you take a look at a game-by-game basis. Because, I mean, even Major League Baseball, where you've got a money line sport and a lot of places, they're not posting up the 
same juice in a lot of spots. Like, even you take a look at, for instance, like the Boston Red Sox versus the Tampa Bay Rays game, that wound up closing with the Red Sox anywhere between about a minus 116 to a minus 130 favorite, with futures much more demonstrative than just a 14 cent difference. You can find one guy at one shot being at, like, say, 15 to 1 spitballing a number for odds to be able to win some sort of a Cy Young MVP award. At the next shop, he might wind up being more like 22 to 1. And then at the next shot, he might be less than 10 to 1. It's just absolutely wild to take a look at there. And it is very wild to just take a look at the game of baseball in general. And now that we've got pretty much a bow around all these Tuesday games, how about if we turn it forward and start taking a look at the slate for Wednesday? We're going to be doing that next right here on The Look At on VSIN. It is myself, Greg Pearson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg right now on the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. On VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Are you ready for a fresh start? And by that, we mean a real fresh start with long lasting change. Take the Zin 10 Challenge and switch up the way that you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a wide variety of tastes and strengths, Zin Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke free and spit free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zin Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh starts begins here. Take the Zin 10 Challenge at ZYN.com slash 10. That is the number 10. So the number one and then the number zero. That's Zin.com slash 10. ZYN.com slash 10. And Zin is a product for those that consume nicotine or tobacco and only for those 21 years or older. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the look at with myself, Greg Peterson and we wind up seeing a game just wind up going final as I am doing this. The LA Dodgers, they do wind up taking down the Colorado Rockies by a count of 5-2. to And the significance of this game winds up going under the total that we wind up seeing. And the Dodgers, they wind up being able to get it done. But with that said, the real significance here is taking a look at this LA Dodgers team. They've now won 51 games this year. They have won 47 of these games by two plus runs. Now, one of these wins wound up coming in one of the very, very rare circumstances in which the LA Dodgers were an underdog. So they've got technically 46 wins where they've been a run line favorite and they've been able to cover the run line. But I do think that that is such an interesting way to be able to take a look at things because if you've bet on the Dodgers in every one of their games thus far this season, and once again, a LA Dodgers team that They've been able to do a rock-solid job of being able to get you wins. They're 51-29. and 29. If you're a handicapper, and 
Against a normal minus 110 spread, you wind up sharing with your buddies at your 51 and 29. They're going to be asking, well, how much money are you going to be making this year? When is your private island going to be coming? But if you wound up betting on the Dodgers this year on the money line on every one of their games, despite the fact that they've got this big record, despite the fact that they've won over 64% of their games, you'd be down money because of how much juice you're laying on the Dodgers. Meanwhile, if you've taken them on the run line, because once again, you go back to it, they've only won four games by approximately one run, so most of these games, they're being decided on the run line. Those losses, when they're north of a $2 favorite, they don't sting so much, and you could oftentimes get yourself a relatively nice plus price. You'd be up quite a bit of money. So I think that that's important to take a look at, and let's say let's turn it forward to Wednesday's game, as this is one that is starting to come onto the board in a few different spots. Where I sit at Circa, they've got a lot of East Coast books. They do not wind up having this. And oftentimes when you do wind up having a spot like this Colorado Rockies and LA Dodgers game for Wednesday, you're going to be finding it coming up on the board. If you're out there on the East Coast, 7 a.m. Eastern time, give or take a few minutes. If you're out here on the West Coast, that's more around 4, 4.30 a.m. Typically, I would find it a little bit closer to 8 a.m. Eastern, but books, they seem to be a little bit faster about putting up these numbers these days. And Let's call it what it is. I'm sure that many people listening and watching this are going to feel me. There's not a whole lot, heck of a lot else in terms of the major sports that's going on right now. You've got some futures market adjustments when it comes to the NFL whenever you wind up getting a juicy tabloid or you wind up having all that's going on with the NBA with guys requesting trades and everything like that. But from a game-to-game basis, not as much going on. But right now, the openers that we are seeing on this Dodgers versus Colorado Rockies game because we wound up seeing a little bit of a switcheroonie with regards to starters. It was looking like it was going to be Tony Gonsolin against Antonio Sensatella. Now it's going to be Mitch White, who was supposed to start on Tuesday. Now he's going on Wednesday, and Jose Ureña is going to be on the bump for the Colorado Rockies. Yes. Check one off your bingo box if you thought that you were going to be hearing Jose Ureña getting a start before the All-Star break, because this guy actually began the season on the Milwaukee Brewers, and it was looking like he was going to be a long reliever for the Milwaukee Brewers before he wanted getting DFA'd, but right now it's finding this line at a minus 320 for the LA Dodgers. Your plus price, when it comes to the Colorado Rockies, you're finding it right around a plus 280, and even when it comes to a money line sport, you're not betting teams, you're betting numbers. Once again, what I want to playing out for you with the LA Dodgers, this is not a spot in which you want to be laying minus 320, because right now, with the run lines that we're finding, you're going to be finding it still relatively juicy, right around minus 175, but let's call it what it is. Lose a minus 175, that would stink, that would not be great. It certainly doesn't compare to losing a minus 310 to a minus 320, so that's a very demonstrative number right here, and this is a spot which... I want to making this the Dodgers being right around about a minus 235-ish favorite on the money line. In terms of the run line, I was willing to lay up to about a minus 135, maybe, maybe a minus 140. But I think that we've just gotten to a point at which you got to ride with the Colorado Rockies and you wind up losing, so be it. Jose Ureña has not necessarily been the world's most trustworthy starter. If you take a look at his track record because he just hasn't pitched much in the majors this season, I mean, in the four appearances they wound up having with the Milwaukee Brewers, not the worst in the world, but it's hard to take too much from a seven and a half inning sample size. And he wound up getting sent down to the minor leagues this season. He was pitching actually for the good old isotopes of Albuquerque. And I do want you to 
wind up when you wind up gauging some of these guys in terms of minor league numbers, you do want to see where they're pitching at because the BCL very notorious for having juice balls. You wind up playing in a bunch of humid and elevated climates like Colorado Springs, Albuquerque, lovely Las Vegas, and those numbers wind up going up. A four ERA in the PCL is actually good. Meanwhile, if you wind up finding a guy from like Indianapolis, for example, posting up a three ERA, you probably have more concerns than the guy that posts up a four ERA out there in the PCL. But taking a look at Jose Arena, 21 innings across five stars at the AAA level thus far this season. A whip of a 2-1-4. That is far from great, but you also do have a LA Dodgers team that the bullpen for them has been very hot and cold thus far this season because Craig Grimbrough, he's someone that you really don't trust in. If you were betting on the game on Tuesday, you probably felt much better about Bruce Sarder-Gradderall coming out for the ninth inning rather than Craig Kimbrell. He's just been a hot mess for this team, and it's really been a case where the Dodgers' best bullpen arms have been the guys that you really don't hear about. The former Colorado Rocky, Yancy Almonte, Evan Phillips, both posting up a sub-2 ERA. Alex Vecchia has been relatively solid for this team. Meanwhile, the guys that you know and love, it's been a little bit rough for them. Blake Tryon is someone that's currently finding himself on the injured list. That, in my opinion, has had a little bit more of an effect on the LA Dodgers than a lot of people would like to realize. And with the Rockies, you always want to be taking a look at their home and road splits because this team has just always been one of the bigger teams with regards to discrepancies with that regard. They did get a little bit of good news on Tuesday in that Chris Bryant finally wound up getting his first home run as a member of the Colorado Rockies. Only wound up taking three months and... I mean, just a very, very long time for that, but he was able to get his first home run of the season. But for the Colorado Rockies, it's a bunch that they average right around 1.2 to 1.3 home runs per game at home. That falls to about 0.55 when they are on the road. And with the Colorado Rockies, bullpen is still relatively tough for the team. They wound up actually being able to get six innings out of Irma Marquez, but for Irma Marquez, I believe that he's now made 16 starts this season. He's given up three-plus runs in 13 of them. But if you take a look at the recent form, of the Colorado Rockies, and I mean, boy, it's not been a great bullpen this year. They are in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of ERA, but if you look at the last 30 days for the team, they're actually in the top half of the league in terms of bullpen ERA. Ever since Tyler Kinley, really their most trustworthy bullpen piece has went out of the fold. It's been a little bit better for them. Now, you still have guys like a Lucas Gilbreth, who he's got an ERA that is sub-2 at home, north of a 6 on the road. You've got these big, giant, demonstrative splits because it trickles down a little bit further than the hitting for this team. It's also a case in which a lot of pitchers wind up pitching a little bit better when they are at home rather than on the road. They wind up getting used to going to elevation. And then when it comes to Colorado Rockies, because they're used to elevation, when they wind up sinking back down, that does wind up hurting them a little bit. But that is something that has become a bit more of a thing for the Colorado Rockies. But you do also take a look at this LA Dodgers lineup and it does leave a little bit of something to be desired. Cody Bellinger has had one of the biggest fall-offs for an MVP than we've ever seen. They wound up having Trace Thompson wind up getting a few at-bats. He's hitting right around a 240 for the team. Max Muncy after he wound up going two for two with I believe a home run a little bit earlier in the game on Tuesday as well. He's still hitting a buck 71 for this team. Mookie Betts is trying to find himself after coming off of the injured list and for the Colorado Rockies getting back Chris Bryant that is going to be able to help them out as well. And you just if you take a look at some of these lesser teams that have won up against the LA Dodgers, you've actually been able to make quite a bit of money being able to take these plus 175 or greater prices on them because I mean, the Pittsburgh Pirates wound up having that series sweep of them a little bit earlier this season. And they also wound up taking two of three a little bit earlier in the season against them as well. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they wind up being able to knock off the New York Yankees. And yet 
for the life of them, they can't wind up getting wins against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Go figure there. We'll be hitting upon Pirates versus the New York Yankees a little bit later, but I do think that this is a good spot to be able to take a relative plus price. I am once again not saying that the Colorado Rockies win this game north of 50% of the time, and as a matter of fact, I do feel like the Dodgers should be a sizable favorite here, but this comes to a little bit of a circumstance in which you're betting on numbers rather than teams, and even if you want the safety protection of if this winds up landing one run, which the Dodgers, they just haven't found themselves in a lot of cases, you're even able to get the plus one and a half run line of the Colorado Rockies right now in every place as listing this a little bit north of a plus 150. So I do think that you've got a relatively solid good value play there and a man that always delivers a lot of value, that would be Jared Lee Smith. He does a great job over there at PicksWise, a man that dives into a wide variety of markets. He is going to be joining me next right here on the look at as it is myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. The VSN summer special is here for just $19. You get everything that VSN has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll be able to get VSN's daily best bets. This includes Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles, golf's on articles on golf, UFC, NASCAR, and so much more. Also coming your way, and if you want the full VEASAN experience, which includes a lot of daily best bets, a best bets email every single day, every single edition, a point spread weekly, use of our betting tools and live video streaming. Cost is just $19 to be a subscriber now through July 31st, and that's at VEASAN.com slash summer. As it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to have on Jared Smith. He does a great job over there at PicksWise as their lead betting analyst. Guy does a great job taking a look at a wide variety of markets, and Jared, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Jared, it is going to be interesting to see what we wind up getting moving forward out of a lot of these races. I was talking about Sandy Alcantara and the fact that I think that he deserves a little bit of consideration for National League MVP, obviously. We're taking a look at him in the Cy Young market, and he is by far the favorite. But I know you've got a little bit of a position in the American League. Talk a little bit about Justin Verlander and his candidacy candidacy for, for Cy Young out there in the American League. Yeah, Sandy was fantastic tonight, and I think his odds are only going to get shorter. I think Corbin Burns is in the mix, and then there's kind of a gap between those two guys and I would say the rest of the market. On the American League side, I did uh, drop a futures column uh, on PicksWise.com today, and it does have a pick on Justin Verlander. And listen, take nothing away from Shane McClanahan. I think he's having an incredible season. These guys are 1-2 in the American League ERA race right now, but... This award is won by the media, basically. And I think if you were going to, you know, take the blind resumes, they're, they're pretty comparable. But then when you actually look at the names, um, it's a lot easier, I think, this year to vote for Justin Verlander because of the injury coming off of that elbow injury and just how good he's been. It is a narrative based award. And Verlander, who hasn't won it in a while, um, I think is the prime candidate this year. The odds don't say that. The odds say McClanahan's still the guy. I'm looking at the Westgate right now, and plus 150 uh, for Shane and, and, and three to one for Verlander. I think that's a pretty sizable gap, and I think that gives you a little bit of room to the upside on JV. Not to mention the Astros look to be a runaway freight train, uh, not only in the American League West, but frankly, I, I think they're the best team in baseball. Maybe the American League. I don't know if I'm uh, ready to go as far as baseball, but 
I definitely think they're the best team in the American League, and I think Verlander's had an incredible year. He deserves uh, Cy Young consideration. And I'm so glad that you pointed out that it's a narrative-based award because I think that the hardest thing to do when betting on these markets is being able to be be just mindful of you can absolutely love a candidate. You could think, oh, man, he's got to beat in this metric, this metric, that metric. He wound up going out there one head-to-head, but how hard is it to try to put your mindset into one of these voters? Because we know, especially with regards to Major League Baseball, there are new school guys, there are old school guys, and it's sort of like a 50-50 split, which is why I always think that being able to gauge baseball awards is the toughest of them all. Very tough. Because now, listen, we do this, and this applies to not only you know betting the awards markets, but just betting, period. It's a gambler's fallacy. We tend to skew especially the non-professional betters what we want to see happen not necessarily what we think will happen and you know it's not a hundred percent we're not always betting what our heart is you know a lot of times we bet with our head but i think with the with the award markets you have to completely eliminate any personal bias you have uh be and you have to put yourself in the minds of you know someone who isn't you like a voter And, and i think that's very hard to do Um, The market tends to speak for itself sometimes, and we've seen that with these award markets, especially with, you know, the the bigger, the bigger award markets. For the perfect example is the NBA MVP um, when uh, earlier this season, you know, during the NBA season, when ESPN basically revealed who the winner was uh, by doing a straw poll. Everyone thought it was Embiid. Uh, and, and then we see that poll. I believe it was Tim Bonkemp's, the uh, uh, ESPN yep. reporter that released that. And, and all of a sudden, we see 70%, I think it was 60, 70% of the first place votes were going to Jokic. And all of a sudden, the perception that Embiid's the best player and he looks great and he certainly looks like the best player. The numbers certainly say that. But then you actually take a poll of these media members and it shows what they're thinking. And so you have to put yourself in the minds of someone else, which is very, very difficult to do. But I think in this case, because of the Verlander narrative, it really all fits into a nice, neat box. And then, oh, by the way, the Astros might have the best record in baseball, second best record in baseball after it's all said and done. And Verlander is going to be on a team that's going to probably be in the American League Championship Series at least. So I I feel very confident that Justin Verlander's name is going to be at the top of that ballot. And to your point, when it came to the NBA MVP award, you just brought up that straw poll. Minutes after that was revealed, and I was watching the network that you wanted bringing up after it wound up being there, and boom, it just wound up taking off like wildfire. And of course, Nikolai Jokic winds up winning the award. So I think that that's interesting. And then when it comes to MVP out there in the American League, I think that that's the most intriguing part as well, because what we're alluding to right now is that MVP award in the NBA, in which Nikolai Jokic winds up winning it in back to back years. And I mean, Joy Otani can wind up having a year that was even better than last year, but we know how difficult it is for a guy to wind up going back-to-back, and I always think that that's something that's so intriguing to take a look at as well because I think the voter fatigue is very real, and if you wind up posting up the same year that you wind up doing when you wind up winning the MVP, a lot of times, even if the competition is a little bit less, you could still wind up not coming away with the award. Yeah, I'm looking now. Miguel Cabrera last back to back 2012, 2013. So it's been 10 years. And let's be honest, you know, Trout's had some worthy candidacies. Now he's won two out of three, three out of five, um, or excuse me, three out of six. But, you know, over the last couple of years, it's kind of, you know, strayed from, I don't want to say household names, but 
Abreu and then Otani. Now Otani, much more of a household name this year than certainly last year when he kind of burst onto the scene as the guy that uh, could do it all. Now this year, voter fatigue is absolutely a thing. Um, the I, so I have an insider that I correspond with on a pretty regular basis. You know, one of the clubhouse insiders that uh, covers the team, one of the teams, um, and and he tells me that it's going to be hard to get Otani across the finish line, despite the fact that he believes he's the best player. And I think the American League MVP, so full disclosure, my portfolio, I did buy Otani about a month and a half, two months ago at plus 350. So that's in my back pocket right now. And, and my reasoning to buy him very early in the year, despite the fact that we really didn't at that point in late April, early May, didn't really see a separator come forward. It wasn't until about the last month that Judge really stepped forward, uh, is that because of his dual threat nature, barring injury, of course, there was no way that I saw his odds slipping to the point where when a guy like Judge does come onto the scene and I saw odds on favorite, I think he's hovering right around a coin flip right now. Um, I wasn't going to get a good hedge out from the Otani bet at plus 350. And right now that's pretty much where I'm at. I'm waiting for the moment to maybe buy on Judge. But I'll be honest, we we discussed this too earlier in the week. I'm not fully sold that the Yankees are just going to sprint through the rest of, you know, the last two and a half months of the season. I could see some regression coming from the Yankees as well. So while I feel good about Judge being the MVP today, I think that award is still up for grabs. And, and I think Shohei with a big second half, despite the fact that the Angels are just so far out of it, um, I do think because of just how impressive he is on a nightly basis doing both, um, can still make some noise in that uh, market. The rest of the market, I think, is, is, is pretty tough. Alvarez, it, it's going to be tough, I think, for him to overcome Otani or Judge. I think Judge's had a better year, even though Alvarez's numbers have been good. Um, and then Trout, Devers, Ramirez, I mean, none of those guys jump off the page. Buxton does, but, you know, just a little too volatile with his batting average. Um, but Otani and Judge right now, I'd be shocked if it wasn't one of those guys. And when it comes to the National League, it's just so wide open right now that it's not even funny. And I spent the first segment of this show talking about why Sandy Alcantara needs consideration. I don't know about <laughs> you, but I haven't seen him in any market. I wound up refreshing every app tonight trying to see if I could get any sort of money down on Sandy Alcantara. And you can't get any money down because he's not listed anywhere. And I think that that causes for something very interesting because you wound up seeing it with Christian Yelich quite a few years ago in which there were a lot of places that they were offering him. He winds up being able to win the MVP because he had a scorched earth run towards the second half of the season. If Sandy Alcantara keeps going out there and pitching eight scoreless innings, there's going to be no choice but for the books but to post him up there or else they might not have the winner up there. And I think that this just <laughs> leads to a very interesting sort of dynamic as to what's going to be happening out there in the National League in general. I, I don't see a world where he wins the MVP. I think that is a very, very difficult bridge to cross for me. Does that take anything away from how good he's been this year? No. I mean, and tonight was was a perfect example. Um, I think the NL MVP market is very difficult to handicap. I First of all, Goldschmidt is an even money favorite right now. Is and It's not absurd, but it's very hard to feel like that is a strong candidate. It, it, it feels like if another player has a big second half, those odds could shift in a hurry. Um, I don't know who that player is. Maybe it's Pete Alonzo. Maybe it's someone on the Padres. Maybe it's someone on the Dodgers. But I just I don't feel very confident in Goldschmidt being a runaway favorite from basically start to finish. So I think that's a market where if you could pick the right guy, 
maybe you can find a little bit of value, but very hard to pick the right guy. There's a lot of candidates on that list. I mean, even on his own team, Nolan Arenado has been having a relatively nice year as well as we're talking to Jared Smith. He does a great job over at Pickwise and on the other side, going to be chatting with him about what we're going to be seeing on the MLB card for Wednesday. That is up next right here on The Look At on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. There are CityCasts for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight. And helping me hold it down, Jared Smith. He does a terrific job over there at PicksWise. We were diving into some futures with regards to more of the awards markets on the other side and I know that you've also taken a couple positions when it comes to the pennant as well slash just division winners I noticed that you had a couple of parlays that involve the LA Dodgers both being able to win their division and being able to win the National League pennant take me through these because I think that you've got a little bit of a rematch that you see going down with regards to one of your pennant parlays yeah, so I, at this stage of the baseball season, I think it's hard to find straight value in the futures market. I do think there are opportunities if you can, you know, if the odds kind of match up when you want to bet um, to find some value with some, you know, heavier favorites in the division markets. And then we'll get to the pen in a second. But in the division, um, I, you know, we were just talking about Goldschmidt and the Cardinals. And I, I think when you look at what St. Louis is as a team right now, I think it, what you see is what you get. And that's why I'm willing to invest right now. First of all, the Dodgers to win the NOS. I, I, they were a game up when I made the bet a few days ago, and they were still like minus 250 to win the division. So odds makers, despite the fact that San Diego, I think, has had a pretty good first half, uh, especially on the mound, and they're getting some guys back. Clevenger looked good the other day or today, exactly. And I, I think then when you look at what the Dodgers are, well, they were pretty mediocre, I think, by Dodgers standards in the first half, but they were still a game up and they were still minus 250 to win the division. So I feel good about using them as an anchor uh, in, a, in a futures parlay. If you want to, you know, parlay a few division odds together, I think the Dodgers certainly fit the bill. And then for that NL Central, again, I think the Cardinals, because of who they are as a franchise, they, they don't add a lot at the deadline. They don't like taking on salary. 
And they had an okay first half, but they were very light on starting pitching. And again, I don't think they're going to be adding anything. While the Brewers, to me, are a team that will be very aggressive. Their general manager has been able to outfox the market with some really good deals at the deadline. And again, a game up, two games up, kind of when I made the bet. And now you're looking at a team in, in St. Louis that I think is not going to be able to outmaneuver Milwaukee at the deadline. So I think these odds for L.A. and for Milwaukee will continue to skew in their favor throughout the second half. And so I got a plus money parlay on both of them to win the division. On the pennant side, listen, I live in New York. I'm a Yankees fan. And even I'm telling my friends, my homer friends, that the Astros are better than the Yankees. And maybe in a seven-game series, things happen. You know, we just saw these two teams play in New York and in Houston very recently. and. I think Houston got the better of those games. And I know the win-loss record doesn't fully indicate that, but I think Houston could have swept all four in New York last week, and, and they looked really good the other night in Houston. So I, I, I think Houston top to bottom is the better team. I think the Yankees peaked, frankly, in May and June, and, and I don't see them exploding like that through the finish. This is what the Yankees tend to be, especially lately, a good team in the regular season and then in the playoff things tighten up and those home runs don't come quite as plentiful as they do in the regular season. And oh, by the way, I think the Astros have an edge on the mound. The bullpen maybe is a wash. If the Yankees get Chapman back, maybe slight edge to New York. But I think the starting rotation absolutely favors Houston. Um, first of all, the Astros know everything about Garrett Cole. Um, they've hit Severino and the other three guys, Cortez and Tyone and Montgomery. Like I just I don't see them pushing through what they did in the first half, I think that's their peak. So I think the Astros are the best team in the American League. I feel great. I have a solo position on them to go to the pennant, uh, to win the pennant and go to the World Series. And, and you pair that with the Dodgers, uh, who I think are the best team in the National League. And you're getting 10 to 1 uh, on a pretty nice futures parlay there for it to be a Dodgers-Astros World Series, which I think right now, sitting at the midway point of the season, I think most people would project that, if not the Yankees and the Dodgers, uh, the Astros and the Dodgers. So I think at 10 to 1, that's a fair price. And I'm willing to put a little bit on it now, uh, hoping we get a good price later on if we do have to hedge out. And the big thing with the Astros as well, which has me so bullish on them too, is you mentioned the pitching that this team has. It's the Yankees and the Astros who are 1 and 2 in terms of bullpen ERA. And if you've just been betting on a night in and night out basis on the Houston Astros on their unders, they have hit over 63% of their games this season to the under. That is the best rate out there in the MLB, and that's with the Detroit Tigers existing. And the Detroit Tigers as a team, they've got fewer home runs than the duo of Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo by, I believe, now seven home runs. So, I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous to take a look at right there. And, I mean, it just comes back to what we're going to be seeing on Wednesday between the Royals and the Astros. Right now, I'm seeing a lot of eight and a halfs with regards to the total. That's another one in which I'm going to be taking an under on with Christian Javier. I'm not sure if you've been taking a look at the Astros totals night in and night out, but we haven't seen a lot of adjustment with them. And if we're going to be continuing oh. to get eight and a half with them at home in a circumstance like this with a Royals team that they don't hit a lot, I'm going to continue to take these unders. Yeah, and I, I think at this stage of the season, you know, we have a lot of day. I mean, I track every single one of these games for my Yerfy Nerfy experiment. I mean, we we have a lot of data to go off of. So, you know, the stats, that's the one thing about baseball season that, you know, it's a volume sport. So at this stage, you do have a lot of interesting numbers to look at. Tomorrow's slate actually looks great. Day games, you got Bieber on the mound in the afternoon. You got Corbin Burns on the mound in the afternoon. You've also got Shohei Otani. Um, I think it's a fabulous day. I, I would absolutely look at a burn strikeout prop, especially after what Sandy did tonight. 
Um, I'm sure Corbin sees that, and I'm sure he knows, you know, hey, that's my competition to go back-to-back in the NL Cy Young, which is not an easy feat. Um, so I, I see Corbin Burns raising his game, especially against a Cubs lineup that maybe has been a little suspect. Can't bet the money line there, right? I'm not laying $2.50. So uh, I, I would certainly look to play the Brewers in another way. I'm not a big run line guy. So, you know, if I like a team, you, you know, I, I had a, a friend recommend this to me. I haven't looked at this, but it is an interesting way to play some of these games. I know a lot of the sports books offer a certain starting pitcher to get a win instead of betting on the Brewers money line. Um, obviously you have to navigate some landmines there late in the game. You need the pitcher to be in the game after five innings and have a lead. So there's some nuance to that bet, but you know, you're getting a much better price. So that's, you know, interesting ways to play some of these really heavy favorites. And now I'm sure Greg, you've examined this too. We get to, you know, late August, early September, you know, in a month or so, um, the, the rosters expand and a lot of these teams just completely give up. And so the money lines get really steep for the contending teams against the non-contending teams. You have to be very creative with how you're betting baseball on a daily basis because the juice will catch up with you. Yep. And I want to mention this a little bit earlier as well. If you've been betting on the Dodgers and every single one of their wins a season, they're 51 and 29. You're down money if you bet them on the money line, but they've only had yeah. four wins that have been by one run. If you take the run line, you're up a lot of money actually right now because those losses of north of minus two dollars when they're at home, they're pretty much even money. Little bit of juice here and there, depending upon what the total winds are closing at. So that's something that you want to be taking a look at. And Jared, I know that you've been doing something interesting recently as well. You've been able to look at baseball in a little bit of an alternative way as well, taking a look at total walks props with regards to some of these starters <laughs> as well. Might that be something that you could take a look at perhaps in? Cubs versus Brewers because obviously you're going to be laying a whole heck of a lot less juice on like a Corbin Burns walk prop rather than laying north of 225 on the Brewers tomorrow. No doubt about it, Greg. I, so I've been betting on baseball since I was 16 years old, 20 years basically. Obviously, a lot less sophisticated back in my teenage years than than now. Um, I never once even thought about a walks prop, strikeout props. I've been betting for a few years now. Um, Walk props, never. But it's kind of like the inverse of the market, I would say. Um, it's like the don't pass line in craps. That's kind of how I equate it. Um, and I'm not a don't pass better, but in this in this instance, I, I am. And again, it's it, this sounds oversimplistic, but in a strikeout prop, especially with a guy like Corbin Burns, let's say it's seven and a half tomorrow. I would say that's about his average number, maybe six and a half if he's on a downward trend. Um, you still need seven or eight occurrences for you to win that bet over the course of a seven inning outing or so in a walks prop. Most of the numbers are flat one and a half. And those are usually the only ones I play. So I only need two things to happen. I know that again, I know that sounds really simplistic and like oversimplifying what betting is, but considering how random and fluky baseball is betting on baseball, I would rather have the fewer instances needed to go in my favor to win a bet than than the, the more instances. So again, I, get, I, I know that sounds super, you know, oversimplistic and making it really, you know, easy. But hey, betting's supposed to be fun a little bit, and it's fun rooting for balls every night. I got to admit, it's a new thing for me, but I enjoy it. You can insert your jokes here on that one, but <laughs> I, it's, just, it's just always a lot of fun being able to take a look at these markets and hey. I'm sure that there are going to be some guys that they present some value because they don't walk a single soul, it feels like, like a George Kirby, yeah. for instance. And then guys like you say, Kikuchi, if you're getting a one and a half with his walks, take that over every single time. But 
what we always take is whenever you're able to come on this show and interview with you, Jerry, because you do absolutely amazing work over there as the lead betting analyst at PicksWise. Always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Good stuff, Greg. I'll talk to you soon, bud. An absolutely amazing chat with Jared Smith. Does a great job being able to examine the game of baseball. Coming up next, I'll be giving you guys my write-up for DK Nation, what I'm going to be taking a look at on the other side right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.